You are now tuned in to Believe. Do you believe? I'm R.J. Zimmerman, here with my brother-in-law, Monte Ball. How you doing, big fella? Feeling feeling good, man. Feeling good. A little bloated just from the ice cream I had last night. But other than that, uh, you know, things are, things, are, things are coming along. Coming along well. How about yourself? When are you going to accept that you're lactose intolerant? <laughs> I had a... So I've been doing pretty well in my workout and my dieting, man, down 20 pounds, but uh, had myself a cheap meal, maybe a few last night, and I just had to get the large, the large ice cream from Dairy Queen. But yeah, you're right. I, I, uh, I am lactose intolerant and I need to stop doing that to my body. But well, why can't you just <laughs> buy yourself some lactate? Like that's mm-hmm. a simple solution. See if that works. True. That the, the, what is that? The milk or the pills? The pills. Right. Yeah, that's true. I mean, honestly, what it is, I just need to stay away from ice cream, period, because I really don't need it. Let's um, be honest. <laughs> ice cream is the nectar of the gods. It's so good, man, so, especially from dairy Especially, cream. I was just going to say when we talk about custard, because custard is really where it's at, but then you go <laughs> and do that to me. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay, I like, I like where you're going, though. You know, um, Culver's does have good ice cream. But see, their but toppings, it's true custard, but their toppings are not as good as Dairy Queen's Dairy Queen's toppings. That's why I like Dairy Queen because I'll, you know, I'll I'll, I'll sacrifice the taste of the ice cream slash custard. You know, there's a decline in it, of course, when you go to Dairy Queen. But the toppings, man, the Oreos and the brownies in the ice cream blend can't beat it. Interesting, interesting. Indeed. I mean. I don't know. I I really like Culver's toppings. I do. There are some toppings at Dairy Queen that you can't get at Culver's, Mm -hmm. specifically a cherry sundae uh, in like cherry syrup. And man, that's (laughs) that's my go to at Dairy Queen. I really love that. Right. uh, I mean, you only go to Dairy Queen for the ice cream. I mean, Culver's has everything plus custard, you know, that you go for. And. I guess I can kind of see where you're coming from, but when it comes to like you know you, the toppings you just named, Culver's also has those. You just like the flavor of the Dairy Queen I, ones, yeah? Because I've had the their you know I've had Culver's uh, concrete mixer with Oreos and brownies in there. And don't get me wrong, their Oreos are the same. You know you really can't mess up an Oreo, of course. You know you buy it, crush it up, um, but. Their brownies, their brownie bites don't taste the same. They're they're not as chewy as mm. they are at Dairy Queen, and that's why Dairy Queen has the edge on the toppings because of that. That, that brownie is very chewy like, and that's just delicious and um just fat. So, well, <laughs> I'm back, fat at back, heart. <laughs> back in my hometown, it's the best custard that I've had. It's Still, I haven't been. I guess I haven't been there, and it changed owners. But growing up, they were. It was the place to go, like 
you know, every, they were always busy. It was, it's just fantastic. Love that place. Um, their toppings, I would say were a little bit more fresh than, um, Culver's can be sometimes, and you can mess up an Oreo. Do you want to know how you do that? Yeah, please explain that. Cause I, I, I how do you mess up an Oreo? You buy off brand <laughs> because you buy so many of them <laughs> that Oreo can't manufacture enough to send specifically to you. True, true. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, except for the workers, and who knows if they're telling? But true. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting here talking about ice cream in late November. Uh, here's here's a dark horse contender. <laughs> okay, you ready? Here's the dark horse contender, Sonic. Mm-mm. Dude, no. You want to talk about toppings that hit? Well, true. Okay, I'll I got. I got. What was it? I'll it was a s'mores Sunday, I think. Man, like the ice cream's on par with Dairy Queen. Like, I'll give let's you put that. It there, okay. It's not as good, obviously, as Culver's custard. Custard is the the you know quote unquote ice cream to get. Technically, it's not ice cream; it's custard. That's why we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. What's up, Wisconsin? I'm here for you. <laughs> um. Yes, I just I was surprised having Sonic uh, ice cream because like when I was working late nights, I'd come back wanting something. So then I get some Sonic and uh, honestly, I don't know what it is, but I felt like their food is better than what it was like when I got it like five, six years ago. So I really enjoy their foot long chili cheese hot dog. Heck yeah. But then. I got their ice cream and it's like, okay, this is actually really good. Like their toppings just hit the spot. So, well, yeah, I always think about this. Sonic obviously has to be doing something right for them to still be, you know, not necessarily just being around because obviously we still have some restaurants around that shouldn't be around. But I feel like Sonic has gained an edge. I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one for the the, the, the toppings. Absolutely. I, I I tend to forget about Sonic. Um, so pretty, pretty cool take, but anyways, man. Um, so what, what's, what's going on with you, man? How you been? How you been? You know, uh, our, our listeners kind of missed you the last, well, not last week, of course, but two weeks prior to that. So how was, how has it been getting back into the swing of everything? Cause you know, you've been all around the country really. Um, <clears throat> um I haven't really gotten back into the swing yet. I mean, uh, last week I was in a hotel again, uh, working about, two hours from home. So it's like, you know, drive two hours one way. So it's like, do I drive that? Probably (laughs) not. I was going to just so I could be home every night. But, uh, you know, my wife talked me out of it. She's like, if you're going to be back that late, what's the point of coming back? And you have to get up so early, Mm. just stay and try to get some sleep, kind of rest up from that, you know, trip starting in Mississippi and ending in Oklahoma city. Like, yeah, That's that was, uh, oh man, it honestly going down and co- coming back was a little bit, I guess. Not really, actually going down and coming back wasn't bad, but it was going from Mississippi to, uh, Oklahoma city. That was, it honestly took us all of 16 hours to drive it, Jeez. if not <clears throat> a little bit more. And that's because, you know, we're not driving cars. We're not driving pickup trucks right. like. We're driving big line trucks and bucket trucks, and you have to stop pretty much every two hours um, to fill up. So, yeah, I mean, uh, 
you could get away with every once in a while going about almost 200 miles. But when you're pulling trailers with equipment and stuff, those were the vehicles that had to stop the most. So, uh, yeah, well, I, gosh, I can't remember what time we got in real late though. Uh, the first night in Oklahoma city. And it was like, uh, it was, yeah, it, it was good to be in a, be able to fall asleep right away. But, right. um, absolutely. I would say that the, in Mississippi, uh, yeah, they had a, they had a lot of uh, a lot of workers down there for not a ton of work, so that was bad of, at all. Uh, what part of Mississippi? I've never been. I mean, I think I may have driven through. Well, not me. I think my parents did when we were younger, driving to Florida. But maybe we hit Mississippi. Actually, no, I don't think we did. We we went through Georgia, I believe, to get down yeah, to Florida. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't. I've never been to Mississippi. So what part of Mississippi? Uh, we were right on the Gulf Coast. We're okay. At- okay. Okay. I thought it was Gulf Shores, I believe. Okay. Mississippi was yeah. kind of, and then we worked at a couple small towns around that. But where we ended up working, it was like, it was honestly like a mile from the Gulf Coast. So we drove down to the coast to have lunch that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was kind of nice. But yeah, I would say the the worst thing about Mississippi was uh, for eating. They had everybody. They had. Over a thousand people there, and they had everybody eating in a tent. And then for COVID, they had masks and stuff at the front, and then, you know, hand sanitizer. Right. Well, you got not even half the people grabbing masks or bringing their own. And then they had a second tent that they had set up so that you could keep tables um, kind of away from one another uh, so people could, you know, have their distance while they eat but they never put up a sign that said there's an extra tent. So nobody knew it was there. So the last day there, I look over, I'm like, oh, there's another tent over there. This tent wouldn't be so packed. There's literally nobody in there. It wouldn't be so packed if people knew that we could go over there and eat. (laughs) I mean, what the heck? Well, let's, 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 let's take a step, but let's, okay. So all things considered, man, would you say, you know, for how quickly these businesses got these things up and going and gotten got you guys down there, would you say it all went, you know, well? Um, you know, you. I mean, how many people would you say were down there? How many linemen were down there and, and helping out and stuff? So uh, I guess where I'm getting at is, you know, kind of props to obviously you guys um, for, for, for doing the work, but also, I guess the businesses for coordinating it and what have you, and getting you guys fed, getting you guys, uh, housed in a sense and, and, and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I guess I really don't have a question here. I guess I just really starting to really think about it, what all goes into it. And so all in all, it's just, it's just, it's just freaking awesome, man. Awesome. that uh, you guys were able to go down there and really help some people out and the organizations as well too. Yeah, I went. <clears throat> I would say Mississippi was really organized, but oh. um, yeah, there, there was, I think there were like twelve hundred people there. I mean, the the parking lot was just jam packed full, and they only had enough work for us for a day. So we drove down there two days, worked for that first day, and then they were kind of scratching and clawing trying to um, make sure that we had work. Uh, so they got us the work. We did it. 
you know, completed everything. And then we thought, I honestly thought we were going home the next day. Like, uh, we, we stayed in trailers that first night and I was like, okay, I guess we'll probably come home. Well, then Mm. Oklahoma city, uh, said actually, you know, our storm's a little bit worse than what we thought they had an ice storm go through. So when we start driving over there and that was a lot of work and that was not very organized. Mm. Um, they, by the time we got there, it had been about a week from the storm hitting and they had no assessment really at all as far as what was needed, what was down, nobody talking to customers about whether they need electricians or not. So they weren't ready to go when we show up. Um, so I have to tell customers, Hey, you've been out of power for 10 days. Uh, you also have to pay for an electrician to come and fix this before I can turn your power on. Luckily, only one customer was really upset. Um, but, and I was, I was fully expecting to, uh, to get into some more arguments, but you know, usually as soon as you say, listen, I could turn your power on, but your house might burn down. That's Jeez. when people take a step back and they're like, okay, yeah, that's, uh, let's not do that. But one customer was, was very upset with me. Like, so I have to sit in the dark. It's like, well, what's the point of me turning your power on if it burns the house down? You won't have power then either. And you now you don't have a place to live. Mm. Like, But they were still adamant that like I was doing them wrong by not turning their power on. <laughs> and I, uh... I tried my hardest <laughs> to uh, fix the, what I could to get their power back on. But I just couldn't. There was just no... Yeah, there was nothing I could do. So That's just uh, us Americans... Us Americans for you, man. It's, uh, you know, I'm obviously not trying to, you know, make, you know, fun or make a joke out of obviously um, natural disasters. But, you know, us, it's, you know, I don't care if half my house is gone. Turn my electricity on. Yeah. <laughs> I need my internet. I need, I need, I need my video games. I need my Facebook. I need my TV. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's just all in all, man, that's some pretty cool stuff. So it was awesome that. You know, you were gone, you were doing that, and obviously everybody else who was down there helping. And then obviously the next week, we were able to get Mr. Farley Mr. Farley on, man. So, you know, I've had the opportunity prior to our episode of chatting with Mr. Farley uh, many of times. I've talked to him, had lunch with him, and, and uh, you know, really had the opportunity to listen to some stories of him and his brother, uh, some that he, you know, didn't share on the cast because it's not some are as as, <laughs> as appropriate, um, which is the funny part. It's it's you know he gets pretty raw and, and true with his stuff, which is why I love the guy. But uh, how was it, man? I mean, I, I you know I'm obviously not don't want to sit here and interview you, but you know I'm not from Wisconsin. You're from Wisconsin, so I, you know, to me and nothing against Mr. Tom Farley. I, I love Mr. Farley. Obviously, I loved watching Chris Farley's movies too, but I think it's just different to someone who is a Wisconsinite like yourself. So like, how was that experience, man? And, and obviously our listeners loved it too. Um, that was, it was a fun episode. It was, we yeah. had a really good conversation going cause, uh, you know, you had to figure out to how to get on because you're still logged into <laughs> yeah. the account that usually I'm <laughs> logged into. Yep. So we're, we're talking and just, uh, you know, He's very nice man, very uh, personable, 
we yeah. were talking about me being down in uh, Oklahoma City and Mississippi and stuff, and um, and honestly, he you know he was very honest and candid with his answers too. It was refreshing to uh, you know for from someone who is a little bit uh, newer to their journey, right? Who's yeah. kind of had the same things that I had before too, with the, the starting and the stopping kind of for similar reasons, I think I'm guessing, but uh, yeah, it's just, and then hearing him agreeing with about the culture and mm. uh, it's just, yeah, it was, it was very, it was a very refreshing episode. It was fun to hear a different perspective. Um, yeah. I'd like to have him on again and maybe you know, drill down a little deeper too. Absolutely. Uh, with all three of us, but just, yeah, hearing. I think it was good, man. I think it was good. Just, just to, just to, it's, I love the word that you use refreshing. Cause it is, it was refreshing to hear someone pretty much, you know, I'm just going to be really straight out and blunt with this. Someone as, you know, famous as he is someone, you know, with the connections that he has, someone who's in the limelight, like he is just to be that open and honest um, on, you know, our amateur like podcast in a sense, it's just pretty cool, man. It's pretty cool. And that's why I'm a huge fan of him because I, I, you know, he, he's been on the today show. He's been on, you know, all the huge syndicated, you know, shows or what have you, um, you know, when compared to ours, but he still treated ours as if it was, you know, like the today show. And that's just, that's just, you know, kudos to his character. So it's pretty cool stuff by him. And, and so that was that, man. So glad to have you back. Our listeners are glad to have you back. Farley was an awesome episode. So for today, man, I, I want to go ahead and just get right into it. I don't want to deprive our listeners any longer. Badgers, man. Badgers football. Badgers played last night. Or excuse me. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday, because the game, the game was at 2.30. Yesterday against Northwe- Northwestern at Evanston. And it's always a very difficult game. Um, I, I'll even attest to that when I was playing for the Badgers. It was extremely difficult playing in Evanston at Northwestern just because it's it's it feels like a high school game. It really does. The field is the field is bad. It's a crappy field. Um, but all in all, the you know, the Wildcats, what they do is they use that to their advantage. Um, you know, kind of, you know, lawn the other team to sleep in a sense. But uh I'm disappointed, man. I'm just going to be real. I'm 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 quite disappointed. What what what, what about your thought? What, what you know? What are your thoughts on it? Because I, I I I'm disappointed. I am. I'm kind of irritated by this one. Like the yeah. other ones, I get disappointed by, but this one, I'm irritated. We should by. we should we should have won. We lost by ten points, and we still had five turnovers. Yeah, that's the that's the. <laughs> and then you look at the how the defense played, like. Mm-hmm. The defense deserved to win that game. The offense deserved to not even get off the bus. Like, <laughs> and that goes from the offensive line to, you know, Mertz really had a bad game. He did. But he did. the play calling was just, you're going to run a bubble screen with a defense that is a swarming it's a, defense. It's a good defense. And, you know, you're going to run this screen, but you're going to do it to the short side of the field where the linebackers can come over and crash down, and you have one receiver out there blocking. Like, How about the what third are you three? doing? Well, How I about didn't. the third and three pass play? 
or a run play, the excuse run, me. The run play late in the game. You're down by <laughs> down by two scores, third and three, and you're going to run it up the middle on a play that you haven't gotten positive yards on all day with that <laughs> running back. Like, why is Jalen Berger off the field? He's the, he uh, was the most effective running back by far. A most effective playmaker yes. on, that, on, this, on that side of the ball because of the injuries that being Pryor, Davis, um, I, and uh, Dune. I on, done. Done, done. I, <laughs> I honestly done. believe that if Pryor and Davis played, the game would not have been close. Not but even. That's because, yeah. that's because Mertz has his timing down with those two. Their routes are always crisp. And then uh, it just seemed like they were able to focus on DK completely, uh, you know, after that first drive and just really eliminate him. You want to know what I thought? What's that? We really could have used Aaron, uh, Aaron Cronchick. What, what, how do you say his last name? He's now the receiver for the, for Rutgers. He left. Oh, Frank. Crewshank, there it is. He uh he balled out too for Rutgers last night. I think they beat Michigan, correct? Or no, no, they didn't. I can't remember. But long story short, I thought about his name last night because we obviously we saw a significant decline in the receivers play in the in the depth chart. In in, in a nutshell, it, it was there was no one stepped up. I mean, when you lose three. You're starting three wide receivers in, uh, True. you know, at the college level, and especially at a program where you're not really known for recruiting receivers. Uh, yeah, that exposed exposed some youngsters there. I can't really, I can't really hold it against all of them either. It, you know, I feel like DK probably he learned a little bit that he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. Uh, the ball's not always going to come to him. He's got to go to that ball a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's just there were no bootlegs. Like you know, Murray was standing there under pressure. Say that there were no bootlegs. There were no there. There was just like they were still trying to run the jet sweep, which I appreciate. Even if you're not getting yards on it, you're making the defense yep, um, stay honest. honest. And mm-hmm. um, there was one time they. They did three play fakes and then threw a screen pass, and the defender's standing right in front of Groshek. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Here's my thing is, and it, and it kind of goes with exactly what you just stated about the bootlegs. I said it, and I kept saying it, and now I'm saying it again. I wish that we could implement, and maybe we did do it a few times or maybe even a few more times than I may have seen or, or paid attention to, but I wish we would have ran more off-tackle runs, more off tackle zones instead of the up the middle that d line was 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 dominating that that and that the front seven, mm-hmm, that yeah. front seven was 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 dangerous but i feel like if we, we allowing when you do off tackle zone runs meaning it's a stretch play what that allows for the linemen to do it allows for them to get to the linebackers it allows for them to scrape up and get the linebackers. Also, what that allows for is allows for the running back to have more one-on-one opportunities. Because when you do the off-tackle runs, maybe the backside linebacker is a little slow of scraping over. Maybe the front side linebacker is too fast and too aggressive with scraping over towards the run side play. So that puts a lot of people in one-on-one situations, even the front, the, the linemen. 
their one-on-one block scraping up to the next. So I love the off zone, off tackle, excuse me, the zone off tackle runs. And obviously that sets up the play action, sets up the boot, sets up all the things to get uh, Mertz out the pocket, to get him, you know, just just in a position just to make a, a quick fake and just dump it down. Now with Mertz's play, he did miss a few throws. He did. He was, oh, he yeah. was staring in the wrong, staring at the wrong check, staring at the wrong. And it, it just seems like his progression was way off. In there, the there were, I want to say, five or six wide open players that he missed. Mm-hmm. Um, his progression was after off. After that first interception, the next two were his fault. The first one, I won't put on him because mm, um, yeah. he got tipped twice. It yep. got tipped that first time, should have been caught, popped up in the air, and then it was intercepted. Um, but why are they not playing Jalen Berger? 15 carries for 93 yards. I mean, it seemed like every time he ran the ball, he was five yards or more. Yep. <clears throat> Absolutely. And then in Absolutely. the fourth quarter, it just felt like they didn't play him. <laughs> it, uh, I don't you remember gave we're... seven carries to Groshek, who was 1.4 average. He had 10 yards. Yeah, he looked slow this game, and I don't know if it's because of the grass, which he's a he's a what he's a senior, correct? So he should be somewhat familiar with with you know their grass at, at Northwestern, but he looked slow. He looked slow. Um, I don't know, man. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think Jalen. What needs to? Well, I mean, you turn the ball five over five times, and you only get one turnover back, like. You're really scratching and clawing uphill, but then the defense holds them to 17 points. Mm-hmm. You're Wisconsin football. You got to score some points. Like absolutely. Well, like like they always say, offense, offense wins games. Defense wins championships. So when you have a defense like the defense that we have, it's it's very exciting because it's like okay, we got ourselves a championship winning defense. We just need to get our offense now to win games, <laughs> uh, which obviously didn't happen yesterday. Um, so it's it's it gets frustrating because we were always just right there. We were always right there. Now, again, Mertz is a young player. Um, he'll grow. Evanston is never an easy place to play. I hope so. I hope this isn't one of those games that ruins your confidence, which smooth, I don't right? think I don't think it should be. It wasn't that bad. And um, obviously, at the start of the game, the thing that being a Wisconsin sports fan that is so frustrating, so <laughs> frustrating and irritating and just makes you want to scream is the lack of adjustments made by coaching staffs throughout games. Like you can see something's not working. You can see something. You got to try something different. You got to do something a little different and they never do it. They always think, oh, you know, I need to make the other team bend to my will instead of, oh, you're going to go to the left? Well, guess what? I'm going to bend to the right and go right past you. Like, run a flipping bootleg if you are getting swarmed in the freaking pocket constantly like you are. Like, come on. There's just yeah. fundamental things that you can do as a coaching staff to help your players out. And you, I just don't know. I just, maybe they don't have a bootleg in their playbook, which is a lie. But, like. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's well, no I adjustments, run... no in-game adjustments <laughs> yeah. ever. And it's so annoying in big games. Well, here's the thing. And this is what 
you know, I'm just going to say it. Screw it. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm going to say it. I feel like Jim Leonard, Jimmy Leonard, he's coaching. He He's NFL level coaching. He's NFL level when it comes to adjustments. Absolutely. You can see it on the defensive side of the ball. But offense, that being uh, Joe Rudolph, um, I explained to you, RJ, via text, that Rudolph, you know, we called him Rudy. He was our tight ends coach when I was playing, but now he's OC. Zero. Absolutely zero adjustments. Now, the last two games prior to this one, of course, we were fortunate enough to score, what, 40 points, average 40 points a game. I think we weren't playing as good of defenses as we obviously did this game against Northwestern. Now, so guess what I'm getting at is there is a decline in coaching ability when it comes from Jimmy Leonard to Joseph Rudolph. My my really good friend, we – text during pretty much all big sporting events Mm -hmm. he really wants jim leonard to be the head coach like right now so that he doesn't go anywhere else he's good man Um, he's good like and then he he's been hard on chris honestly since he got rehired he felt like uh chris was the same as uh brett bielema which is you know you're always going to be very good but you're never going to be great Mm. um which I don't, I don't know if you take or not at this point as a Wisconsin sports fan. I think you take, you take a decade of Brewer-level badness in order to get, and for people who don't know, that's like worst in baseball, like the laughing stock. Uh, you take a decade of that, whether it be the Packers or the Badgers, to get a, a national championship, to get a Super Bowl with how often you've been on the cusp, with how... You know, there's always a reason to watch it right now because they're always like knocking at that door. Mm-hmm. But you can only knock at the door for so long before it's like, you know what? Either go through the door. Or I'm just not watching. Mm. And that's kind of how it feels right now. And you know, it's right spoiled, there. spoiled sports fans, sure. But the way that Wisconsin loves their teams, no matter if they're, you know, they could be, we could be barely bowl eligible. People are still going to watch. Like people, yeah. you know, their Saturdays and Sundays revolve around Badger football and Packer football. Same comes with, uh, you know, come basketball time. Same comes, you know, uh, around Brewers baseball. Like even when the Brewers were not making the playoffs, like they were still drawing record number of fans because it's just, right. it's what we do. We enjoy our sports. We enjoy, obviously, alcohol. We enjoy our custard we enjoy you know we enjoy hunting being outdoors like that's just in the fabric of wisconsin's culture so yep i think it's man it's it's uh those are those are some really good points and it's whenever i talk about wisconsin football it's it's um you know obviously everyone understands and knows i'm a diehard badgers fan obviously and I, which is why I hold them to such high standards because I, I know how great the team can be. So that's why I get so frustrated. And honestly, since this is my take on it, since Melvin Gordon and James White left, we have no killer instinct. We, we don't. And I'm, and I, and don't get me wrong, Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor had it, but our team's, 
our team still didn't have no it. no no that was our it's, biggest criticism of jonathan taylor like be real he did not have the killer instinct like when things were going great he was riding high but when he needed to dig deep and carry mm-hmm. the team himself you could see it in his face he just he wasn't all in it like that killer instinct and and that's true that's true uh, we, we we did have those conversations and 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 i'm not trying to I really am not trying to toot my own horn, but there has not been a like a Tom Brady killer instinct. I'll even give it to Aaron Rodgers killer instinct with our Badgers since my years of playing. Now, now I, I'll say James and Melvin, of course, too, because you know they were with me as well. But just overall defense and offense, we walked into games saying, I want to be done as a starter. I want to be done playing by mid-third quarter. That is what we would talk about. Let's get our second and third string ready to go because we're going to need them because it's a long season. So let's do what we need to do from the first snap of the game to the to third quarter to where we can get our second and third string players in. And that was our killer instinct. We, 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 and granted, yeah, obviously we still, you know, fell short of some games, but if you look back on our games that we lost, I think 95%, maybe even 97% of the games, maybe even higher than that, that we lost were only about like three points to a touchdown. And most uh, of them were like <laughs> end of fourth quarter. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, we, had that killer instinct that I truly and strongly believe that Wisconsin football is losing. There's that grittiness, right? Like when things weren't yeah. going good, it just felt like uh, you guys were able to dig deep and have a drive. You guys were able mm. to dig, and you know what? Screw it. We're we're gonna we're gonna go down there and we're gonna score. Like you could, you I mean, could feel let's talk- it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's use the Michigan State. Um, when we played Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship game, honestly, we probably should not have won that game. But we, but we dug deep and said, "Screw this! We're gonna just gonna keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and let's go to the fourth down, pretty much hail mary chuck to Duckworth, and Duckworth double coverage makes the catch. Now, come on, now we, that's that's like you said, that's digging deep, that's making a play. That is." That is literally someone, obviously Russell himself, and us making the blocks for Russell. But that is a few individuals right there stepping up and making a freaking play. Well, I mean, it's like it just feels like on yes, like uh, you're right about James and Melvin. Like you, you can remember them making runs in big games, like breaking t- tackles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking back, obvi- obviously Jonathan Taylor was a special runner, but mm-hmm. in big games, I don't remember breaking tackles. I don't remember dragging two guys into the end zone with a minute left, right? Mm. Like, that just hasn't happened. And you could see it with, like, the offensive line yesterday. Like, you were in a gritty game. You were in a big game against yep. a very good defense, and that defensive line was no joke. There were a couple defensive ends that – my goodness, they could rush the passer. Your your play calling didn't help you out with your blocking, but you just kind of like were like, well, I'm just here. Like that draw play to Groshek, 
Uh, everybody knows what I'm talking about. And I think it was the third quarter at the time. The dude was there for the handoff. The dude yep. almost took the handoff himself because the center and the guard could not keep this defensive lineman back. Like, right. And that's what I always say. You gotta, you gotta own the line of scrimmage. There's just something. There's just something missing that is mm-hmm. there on the defensive side, and you can see it with the way these linebackers come in, with the way that Loudermilk's playing, with the way that that defensive line is getting pushed. Like, and then the corners, man, they're playing good. Like, I think that that also hurt them was Wild Goose hurting his shoulder. Yeah. I think that's what that yeah. is obviously what led to the second touchdown because that was yep. the replacement was in the game. Like I'm not, I'm not putting it on him because that was a great throw and a great catch. Like that was, there was uh, no that guarding was that. That was very flawless. good coverage by the backup, but <laughs> it was a beautiful throw. Like <laughs> wild goose being in on that play. You never know. He might make a play because he's really, really good. Same with Caesar mm-hmm. Williams is really good. Um, yep. And you know, one, one thing that we didn't talk about, and I'm, I just want to stress this to fans. Okay, one thing we haven't talked about, one thing we will not talk about, right, is the refs. Were there some questionable calls? Sure. But you turned right. the ball over five times. Exactly. You, exactly. you showed an inability to make adjustments to the defense in front of you. Like, it doesn't matter what the refs do at that point. You weren't going to win this game. So stop complaining. Like, put your big people pants on and do something to correct it because the refs weren't the reason that you lost the game. No. The turnovers were. No. Exactly, and that's what it is. That's a, such And a the lack point. of it's... playmakers. Like, mm-hmm. why are you taking Jalen Berger out the fourth quarter? I don't get it. I just I don't get it either. So it's – it gets – yeah, man, it gets frustrating because I, I, I hear you. I feel like, yeah, our defense – our defense is on fire. Our defense is bringing the intensity. Our offense is just going through the motions. And our offense is just going through the motions. If you're Jim Leonard you know and you keep losing games like this, why are you going to stick around? Like your defense mm-hmm. is unbelievably good, and it has been yep. since he took over. I think they're they're what top two. I, I believe they were the three top in the country at the beginning of yesterday's game. They were number one, yeah. but yeah. part of that was because they only <laughs> played two games yet. But true, they only gave up what 15 yards rushing yesterday. Like yeah. they only, <laughs> so how <laughs> they're, they're going to be the number one defense again. And they're proving that they deserve to be there. Um, my goodness, they're good. They're just so good that they, they just, they deserve better on the offensive side of the ball. They do. They do. And I hope the, you know, hopefully, you know, Mertz and them, them get it together, but I don't, I mean, I don't, <sighs> Man, you, who do we got? You next? better, you better I mean, leave Burger in that game. You better hope that right? Davis and Pryor come back. And if they don't, then figure out how to how to call some plays to help your guys out. Like, like I said, you do a bootleg. You have two guys coming across the field. You have another guy going the opposite way, and then you have a safety valve, and that's it. And then if you, if it's not open, you can throw it away. Like. That's the most simple football play that you can do against a rush. Like everybody knows that that's the play you run if you're getting rushed as hard as you are, and they never ran it yesterday. Yep. Slow, slows down the D line, and that, and then you have two. You have your two options there for possibly a big play. You have your safety valve to get just a few yards, and if you mm-hmm. throw it away, then you just start over. See, here's the thing, man: is we got Minnesota next week. 
Minnesota's a good football not team. Not this year. Uh, I I see I I I disagree because I'm not going off of their record. I'm just going off of the rivalry. Just how tough they play and, and then also yes, the rivalry. They got a good running back over there. Yeah. They got a really good running back. Although, yeah, just like you said, we got a really good defense. So our defense is gonna be tested. Gonna be tested next week. But I just hope that we can we can rally and come together and actually and and, and keep keep the axe because the way we played against Northwestern, obviously Minnesota is gonna watch that game to see what Northwestern did to beat us. And that's going to present some challenges to us. I don't know. I don't know if you can, unless you have that personnel on defense, if you can do the same thing to beat them. Like offensively, it was a couple amazing passes that beat beat this defense, right? Yeah. Defensively, it was just every single linebacker, just as soon as they identified it, swarming. Like the defensive line right. just overwhelming that offensive line. It wasn't like they ran twists or games. It wasn't like their um, coverage was they were doing anything super special. Like, and it wasn't like they blitzed. Like every time they blitzed, for the most part, it got picked up to the point where Merch should have been getting rid of that ball or taking off and going somewhere. Um, it just it felt like an ugly game. Like. You can watch it as Wisconsin and take away a lot that you should have done better to possibly win this game. But I don't know if you can look at it and say, well, this is how you beat Wisconsin. Because that defense that Northwestern has is a really good defense. Like, they're for real, no joke. Right. Uh, They're good. They're good. I just. I was just going to say, like, that's why you have Davis and Pryor, a couple receivers that run good routes that you know they can catch contested balls. Um, that's why they make the difference in that game. Here's here's right now, here's how you beat Wisconsin. You hit him in the mouth. And, uh, if, you, if you scoot and squeeze in that front seven like Northwestern did and press the, the receivers on the outside, it's over. It's a wrap. That's a wrap. If you go into this game and you tell – your players, if Minnesota's defense says, let's just stop the run, that's it. If this team is going to beat us, they're going to beat us in the air. That's but what Illinois let's did. Not let them, yep. And let's not – well, well, that's, that's, that's Illinois. This is a rival game. This is a game for the Axe. Okay. This, is, this, is, this, is this is a different animal. Them trying to come in and take the Axe. Watch. Mark my words. If they press our receivers on the outside, and if they squeeze in their if, front seven, are you saying it's be a very difficult game? DK and then you know the fifth, sixth, and seventh receivers out there, or are you saying it'd be the same if Pryor and Davis are back? Good, good question. A good question. I guess that that that's, that's a why. Good point. That's it why all, I think it it's tough on. to take away from this game and be like, "This is how you beat Wisconsin," because. You didn't have your top two receivers, and that's the one thing that we talked about, you know, before the season started was they aren't very deep. Like you have Dunn is a fine third receiver, but he's not a number one receiver. DK is a true freshman and he's shown flashes, but you could see he was a freshman yesterday. Um I really I I'm in- more encouraged by what I saw from DK yesterday than uh some of the negatives I saw because I think 
uh, you know, with your strength and conditioning that happens at the college level, being able to hopefully coaches being able to uh, help you along a little with a little bit more specifics will help out. Um, that's I think that he'll get better and better. But um, yeah, I, you know, I think I think right. Mertz has it. I think you just have to go through a couple games. Like look at Justin Fields; he threw three picks yesterday. But dude turned it around. But he's a senior. <clears throat> Indeed. Sorry, I'm looking up right now. I'm looking up Minnesota's games. I mean, yeah, they destroyed Illinois 41 to 14. They lost to Iowa 7 to 35. Beat Purdue 34 to 31. Lost to Michigan by only, f- whoa, oh, never mind. Lost to Michigan 24 to 49. Uh, lost to Maryland 40 to 44 to 45. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at this team's record and if you look at it's not a, it's not, it comes off as not a good Minnesota team, but I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the rivalry game. So I guess I mean, it all comes down to, cause I think you made a great point. How, how long are our receivers out for? Well, so Davis was out with a concussion. So you never know if that's going to linger. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Pr- prior, what was prior have a hip? What was Pryor's injury? I think Pryor had a hip. So you just, yeah, you never know, right? Exactly, exactly. So that's true. So I, I, so that is the beauty. I guess that's the upper hand that we have going into the Minnesota game is if we kind of keep it under the wraps, if they're going to be back or not. So then that doesn't allow for the Gophers to to game prep because I'm I'm, I'm serious. If 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 our playmakers don't come back. And if they press our receivers, and if they lock in that front seven like they did, like like Northwestern did, now this is two different defenses. I can I get that there's a there's a decline in in, in ability and play, but I feel like for the X that just brings in more fire. It does, but yeah, but great point. If Pryor and Davis end up coming back, and yeah, now we got ourselves a different game. We most definitely got ourselves a different game. They can't really press Davis every single game. He he, he has the ability to fly right past you. Same for Pryor. So it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you that it really is going to be interesting. I just hope that I just hope that we can smack them in the mouth. We, we just need that. We, we just, ah, I get very frustrated, man, because we just need to start smacking people in the mouth, teams in the mouth. So part of this game felt to me like, uh, you're believing your own hype. Right. And then, and then you mm. got smacked back and you're like, wait, this isn't how it's supposed to be. We're <laughs> supposed to just be better than the other teams. Like that's that's how it felt to me. That's how it read. So you went out from here. You're going to be behind the eight ball because you need Northwestern to lose twice. Um, I just there's a chance that they could still, you know, make it to the Big Ten title game and make a Rose Bowl. It's just. Obviously, it's harder, and you need some help, like you have every other freaking year, because you always have a <laughs> letdown. So, Wisconsin football will turn it around. I honestly think we just need to really—I don't know how to say this. I'm trying to really figure out how to say this, and I've been trying for the longest because the Wisconsin way—I respect it. I respect it. I most definitely do, but 
last night, yesterday, the way that we played, just it is a very stale, very stale way of playing, and that seems to be, you know, Wisconsin football the last five years, four years. It's just a very bland. It's was it's Wisconsin football since nineteen ninety two. Unless you had Lee Evans and Chris Chambers. Minus twenty eleven, I guess Russell was an anomaly. Of course, I guess that year would be an anomaly, in a sense, because we were pretty electrifying that year, just in the air on the ground. Of course, uh, but yeah, I I I I, I think. I think we just really have to just – and I'm not saying we need to be flashy because teams can be flashy and still suck. I mean, you can be flashy and still, you know, be the worst team in, 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 in all of Indiana NCAA. for the past previous, like, you know, <laughs> 10 years. Like, they were – they right. put up some numbers on offense, but they just couldn't win games. Now this year, they're for real. They almost came back and beat Ohio State. They were very close. That- they they are a good football um, team. They really are. They are a you know, good football team. What yesterday kind of smacked of too is the lack of senior leadership on the offensive side of the ball. Mm. And that's mm, and dude, that's how it is when you lose. You know, Cephas, you lose like that. That's probably what Cone brings a little bit. I think would be a little bit more leadership, maybe a little bit more stability. Um. You can kind of see uh, in the way that, you know, some of the reactions after some of the drives and uh, missed passes were that it was still, you still have like a little bit of the freshman emotions between multiple players. Uh, Right. That's why I'm so frustrated by them taking Berger out of the game like that because, my goodness, does he look good? He's every single run, he's breaking one tackle. Like that's what you expect from a Badger running back, and whether he can pick up a blitz or not, like you need to leave him in the game because he's your weapon. Like on that third and three, maybe he doesn't lose three yards. (laughs) You know, that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying, and such good points because it's just so frustrating and it's 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 just gut wrenching. And honestly, I got a, I got a serious question for you, man. And I want your honest opinion. Um, you know, we got Minnesota next week, but after Minnesota on my birthday, we play Indiana December 5th. Yeah. I had to put that nugget in there. That's that is my birthday, but we play Indiana. And then after Indiana, we have Iowa at Iowa. Do we win those two games? If you don't have at least one of Davis and prior back. No, right. No, but if you get Davis and Pryor back or just Davis back, fighting chance. I think you probably have a chance because as good as, you know, Ohio State is, like their defense is not as good as Wisconsin's defense. It's just not. True. Um, True. So they there's a possibility that you could stop Indiana. However, you really need you really need one of those wide receivers back for sure. And you know who knows if Ferguson's going to be healthy. Does our off? Does our defense? Does our defense stop Fields and Teague? 
or excuse me, excuse me, that's Ohio State. Well, excuse me. Does our defense? Do you think our defense is capable of stopping? I just lost Phoenix. his name. Indiana's quarterback. Sorry, I was thinking of. I was, I was so just into Ohio State and Indiana's game right now in my head, but yeah, Indiana's yeah, quarterback. Yep. Um, what do you mean <laughs> stop that? Good, good question. Good, good. Because after watching that Ohio State Indiana game, for Indiana to come back the way they do, came they back, hold them under thirty. I think so. Do they hold them under twenty? That is going to be a good. Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Because because I, I asked this question because obviously, what our off what our defense can hold the opposing team's offense to. Obviously, our offense has to score more. <laughs> so that's that's what makes me nervous. Is if our defense goes in and does what they're supposed to do, just like they did against Northwestern, goes in and stops, you know, Indiana's quarterback, is our is our offense going to be able to put up points? Is Indiana's defense as good? Probably not as good as Northwestern's defense. They're not. But are they good? Is the question. You know, I don't I don't think they're as good, obviously, because 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 Fields and Teague put up some put up some good points but then again that's Ohio State's got a pretty pretty advanced or pretty pretty good pretty good offense so I don't know I'm just in my head right now trying to trying to think this out because I'm looking at the schedule we got Minnesota it's possible we can lose against Minnesota I hope we don't but as we all know a rivalry game it's possible you never know what's going to happen in a rivalry game then we have Indiana after that which is which what they're number two in the Big Ten yeah and then, and then Iowa at Iowa City. Now, granted, obviously well, with COVID and stuff, Northwestern is number two right now. They're undefeated. Yeah, they still are number two though. Yeah, but I'll give it. I think they're be- I think Indiana's better than Northwestern. But exactly, exactly. I hear you though. I hear you. So, what is it? Ohio State, Northwestern, Indiana. I would say yes. Yeah, I got you. So in my head, I'm thinking Ohio State, Indiana, but but obviously, yeah, the records do say. So again, Minnesota, Indiana, Iowa. That's not an easy. Can can we talk about easy rest of the schedule real quick though? No, that's not. And there's a chance that this could go south real quick. Can we talk about <laughs> Penn State though? What is going on in Happy the Valley? First time ever a college. <laughs> Team was ranked in the what preseason top ten to start zero and five. What is going on? Zero and five. What is going on? I don't know, but my goodness, they. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening in Happy Valley? It is not happy. I'll tell you Scott, that. I don't know, but man, that's not good for Penn State. Could be looking at an epic turnaround next year, but my goodness, my goodness. I mean, they only lost to Indiana by one point. And that was the first or second game of the year. First, first game? game. First, yep. They lost to Ohio State by, uh, wait, what am I looking at here? Wait, let me, let me, let me go to their actual schedule because I don't know what this is showing me. But long story short, yeah, uh, someone needs to really try to figure out what's going on going on in, in, in Happy Valley. Um, so, yeah, Indiana, they lost in overtime. Ohio State, they lost 25 to 38. Maryland, Jesus Christ, lost to Maryland 19 to 35. Nebraska lost 23 to 30. Iowa lost, last game there was Iowa, they lost 21 to 41. I, Iowa scored 41 points on them. 
Iowa. Yeah, this is yeah, this is not a good football team. What is going on? What is happening? I'm I'm glad we got to touch on that for a second. <laughs> I just want to I mean, call attention to it as much as I can because <laughs> I don't know if Penn State should still be a program, but Jeez. see, I think of Illinois whenever I think of that. So I'm like, good, gosh. and it's not that they haven't been, but good. yeah, it's man. Just that I don't know if the punishment fit the crime. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Going back so, yeah, to that's... what uh, matters, or well, that not necessarily matters. Uh, go, go, going back to the subject, so that yes, we're very disappointed in the Badgers. We're hopeful for a recovery. The rest of the schedule is very tough. You better find some uh, gumption, some grit here. Uh, the coaching staff better go back to the drawing board and. Yeah, we'll see how the, what the rest of the season holds. But, um, you know, every year I go into the season, like I'm going to uh, not get hyped up and excited. And every year I get suckered in. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the rest of the season is. Uh, we will. Looking forward to some NFL games today. As always, who do you guys have? Who do the Packers have today? Indianapolis. Speaking of Jonathan Taylor, that lack of killer Indeed. instinct might be hurting him a little bit at the NFL level. Which Man, is kind of what yeah, I'll give him the bit. you and I were worried about last year and him mm-hmm. coming out. Um, yeah, it just it's disappointing to see right now, but I think he might have been hurt a little bit. So we'll see if he can... If he's going to do it, like the Packers defense is who you run on. <laughs> so maybe he'll have a good game today. We'll see. But that, that Colts defense is no joke. So we'll see see if the Packers are going to be creative or if they're going to fold like they did against the Buccaneers. So I really hope the Packers, the <laughs> offense is creative. Cause they have Urban back. We'll and see. really he's what their creativity kind of hinges on a lot. It seems like, cause for some reason they don't like to put Williams and Jones in the game at the same time, which I never understood. I still don't understand. Um, yeah, it should be a good game. Yeah. So yeah, we could be called that. The they need formation. to, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think they need to win this game. Um, Obviously, I think they need to win every game, but this game in particular, after how they played last week, uh, to kind of keep their momentum going. So, yeah, where I hear you. who do I the hear Broncos you. have? Broncos, we got the Dolphins, and honestly, I don't really care to talk much about the Broncos just because I'm just I'm just very disappointed in in I'm very very extremely disappointed in the Broncos just because our last two games. Our last two games, we lost, but I feel as if, you know, and every fan says this about their team, of course, but we had opportunities to, to turn it around. And when I say this is because what is happening in our backfield at Denver? Why, why, why is Drew Locke having more rushing yards than our running backs, more rushing attempts? I need to understand how that even works. I, uh, we have Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. We have it. it Everyone would agree. Okay, that's a that's a that's a that's a very decent 
running back tandem in the NFL. You know, yeah, it's not a Nick Chubb and uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, Chubb and, and uh, uh, thank you and Hunt, but it's a it's it's a you know both running backs are capable of taking 99 yards if they if 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 the opportunity presented itself um, on any given play. Obviously, that's backed up on the one yard line. Now, I just don't understand why we're not running the football. I believe Melvin had four carries last game, I think. Four or five carries last game. And I, and I honestly think Lindsey maybe only had like six. I don't get it against the Raiders. This is a freaking division game. Own the line of scrimmage. Now, I'm not saying run it every single play, but you have to establish the run. You know that. You have to. You have to establish the run if if you don't have a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady back there. So I just get very frustrated because why bring – Melvin onto the team and not utilize him or not really even utilize Philip Lindsay, who, you know, Philip Lindsay is a running back who I think has yet to fumble the football in two years, run the goddamn ball. So that's my frustration is I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. So I, I feel like, as I always said, man, and I always talk to you about it, I feel like our coaches, not our coaches, I feel like sometimes coaches just overthink themselves. They're playing chess, of course, with the other coaches, but I feel like they they, they overthink it. They overthink it. They overthink themselves out of the game plan. So, I, so yeah, I obviously agree you can tell that. I'm a little frustrated. <laughs> obviously, you can tell I'm a little frustrated So because it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It, it really doesn't. So, I mean, it's it's hopefully we turn it around. Obviously, Miami's not a good football team, so we should win this no, game. You're but wrong. Miami. Miami's a very good football team. Are you serious? Uh, what 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 are the Dolphins doing? The Dolphins. The Dolphins are in the playoffs right now, and not by a little bit. Where have I been? They've won. Let me see. They're, they're three and zero. Oh. Six they're three and three. And oh with two. Okay. Okay. And the games you're, that you're, they lost, they were very close. They haven't been like blown out. You're right. That's that was my that was my that was my mess up right there. That was completely my mess up. So as you can tell, I just am kind of like throwing in the white flag with the Broncos because I'm like I think we're just trying to blow the season. So, but you're right. We are we are playing the six and three Dolphins. Their they're point second differential their is freaking... plus sixty nine. <laughs> they're so, on a five game winning streak. So we are not going to win this game. And we got the Saints next. We're not winning that game. But well, well, Breeze is out. Breeze is out. What, so what, who knows? What the what Broncos Saints. should do is they should probably just plan on losing out and drafting a receiver. Right, we do. We got so we got six and three Dolphins, and we got the Saints. Probably not going to be beat the Saints even with the banged up offense that they have. Then we got the Chiefs after that. <laughs> do you hear what I just said? <laughs> And you're just, just gonna, you're just, just gonna, lose, just, just lose out, lose out, and draft, <laughs> and draft receiver. your receiver. You just drafted two receivers in the first two rounds. You're just gonna let that go. You're not gonna be like, what are you talking about? We don't need a receiver. Well, no, I, 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 I was right now trying to think of if there was a receiver that we need, but we don't. We got, we do got Hamler, and we do got uh, J- Judy and Sutton coming back from injury. So if, and Sutton. And no so right now I was just trying to think because we don't need a quarterback. O, you do need a quarterback. Uh, are you telling nah, me? I think are you Drew, telling me Justin Fields would not is, be an upgrade over Drew Locke? 
but we won't we won't have the opportunity. If you lose out, him. there's a possibility you'd have that opportunity. Uh, over top of what what, what a, Carolina or who else is at the no, bottom? Carolina's Carolina tied uh, with you. Jets, freaking so Jets. It's the well, if the Jets the take Jets, Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville, and uh, whatever NFC team, e, NFC East team is going to finish last. So I mean, I don't. I mean, because the I NFC mean, East. Listen maybe. to the NFC East right now. The They're Eagles terrible. are in first place <laughs> at three, five, and one. They have a point differential of negative twenty nine. It's terrible. The dude. Giants. The Giants are in second place. The Giants at three and seven. They have a point differential of minus forty one. Where are those Cowboys at? The Washington Football Team. Two and seven with a point differential of minus thirty eight, and then you have <laughs> Dallas at two and seven with a point differential of minus eighty six. They say it's the NFL least. It's the that's got to be the worst performance in that conference, in that division. Excuse me. I can't even. Pro- it probably obviously it, long before I was. It, born. it probably is like for <laughs> some ungodly number of years since the beginning of the, you know, the NFL merger. <laughs> probably going back to the right. NFL's first few years, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. the only thing that I can remember is when the NFC West was terrible, and the Seahawks got to host a playoff game at seven and nine. And Jeez. that's the only thing that I can think of that is similar to this. But even then, I think that Seahawk team was better than the Eagles or the Giants. The thing Absolutely. about the Eagles, though, is they're getting their weapons healthier. Like, so they could turn it around a little bit. But yeah, that's just not good. Yeah, right I now. mean, it's no. That's a that's a very poor. Uh, division right there, and it's it's uh, god dang, that's bad. Meanwhile, man. you got the that NFC West, bad. Seattle's winning it seven and three. Then you have the six and three Rams, the six and four Cardinals, and the four and six 49ers. And the 49ers have played better than four and six with the amount of injuries that they've had. That's a tough right. division. That's you know, that's that's at the top right now. Yep, absolutely. And and it's it's gonna be. It's going to be an interesting rest of the year, and I always say this, man. I mean, I given you know obviously COVID and stuff, it's, it's pretty exciting to still watch the NFL go on. I think, I think it's uh, and and it's been some you know despite obviously that you know the NFC East has been some, it's been some yeah, good football is. this year. Even like you know the the Texans are two and seven, but they feel like they're better than two and seven. Like the Jaguars right, played right. the Packers tough. Like you know, I like watching them. The, the, the NFC West, by the way. Every single team has a positive point differential. Okay. And then, okay. yeah, the Ra- the AFC, like win- Raiders, the the AFC West. West is solid. Like, <laughs> guess guess what the Chiefs' um, point differential is? They're they're eight and one for context. They're eight and one. It's an eight and one. Mm-hmm. Guess what their point differential is? 
What is it? Just take a guess. All right. I already read you a few of them. Uh, so I'll tell you. Uh, 45. I'll tell you. 45. I'll give you another chance. It's above 60. Jeez. So 70, 74. 103. <laughs> Whoa. The, the Steelers, who are 9 and 0, their yeah. differential is 100. Oh my gosh. And I would have never guessed this, but uh the Ravens who are six and three, their point differential is plus seventy nine. I would have never guessed that. Jeez. That's what I'm saying, man. There's some good football. Like I said, despite the NFC East, that, that trash that that that's just burning fire over there. But it's uh despite that Nobody's as bad as the Jets though. No, never. I don't think anybody's ever been that their, bad. Their actually, point differential is minus one forty seven. How's Adam Gase still coaching? Let's- I don't understand. What was the Browns' worst year ever? Because I want to match that up against this Jets team right now. Um, that's some homework that I'm going to have to do. But I do not understand how Gase has not been fired. I don't. I I really do not understand that. What are they? You said they were zero and seven. Yeah, they're no. They they should be zero and eight. Zero and zero and eight. I. Maybe own it. They had their buy, right? Yeah, they happening. had their buy, so they're own eight. Which, like, what they, they can said, be doing is so. Like here, said, here's how it is: for, for the lines. Jets are on pace for worst point differential in NFL history. It says it's by far the worst in the NFL to this point. That's it's crazy. Equal That's so ironic. To the combined point differentials of second worst and third worst. <laughs> That's so ironic, is because Adam Gase was. The offensive coordinator, my rookie year with the Broncos. Let's and we, be let's be honest. This is how it always was most. when you had that quarterback. <laughs> Peyton Manning was the real offensive coordinator. It's the same way that it was it's true. Brett Favre's final <laughs> few years in Green Bay. Brett true. Favre was the offensive coordinator. You just had somebody who held the position. <laughs> true, that is true. It's just, I just said it's ironic, just because that's we, how, yeah, that, that that's why Lafleur and uh, Rogers last year butt ahead so much because it was Rogers was the offensive coordinator, and then you had a few people who held the title, and Lafleur was like, "No, I am in charge," and Rogers is like, "No, I'm in charge. I'm the one out there throwing the ball," and then they ended mm. up realizing, "Oh, you know what? Maybe if we both take responsibility." Uh, it'd be better than if we fight each other for who has more responsibility. At least that's the way it seems right now. Everything's good when you're winning, and they're winning. So of the one thing yep. that I'd love to see about LaFleur, though, and I'm not, I'm not saying he can make adjustments because we haven't seen it in a big game yet that he's been able to make adjustments, but he's not just resting behind having an all-pro quarterback. He's... uh being very creative with play calling and getting people open, which is what you love to see. And that's what kind of what was frustrating. Like Rogers didn't have it last week. Uh, He missed a few wide open throws. Obviously you have MVS just like dropping easy first down catches and then making like these unreal catches. He's just going to be one of those wide receivers. That's tough to watch, but um, he is what he is at this point. So, and then, here we go, Packer fans. Here's my prediction. <laughs> so you have Casey Hayward, who was is one of the best corners in the NFL. He was drafted by the Packers, and he showed flashes of being very good for the Packers, but he never started, and he was always injured. Then you had Micah Hyde go, 
and he was a Pro Bowl safety for the Buffalo Bills last year. Showed flashes for the Packers, always injured. Kevin King is going to be the next one. He has started. He's very good. Like You can tell when he's not in the game um, compared to when he is. He's going to leave next year in free agency, and he's going to become a top five corner. And he's not going to be injured anymore like he is in Green Bay. I don't know what it is. It seems like it always happens this way. Like, But it's it's just that's how, yep, that he's going to be the next one. And Packer fans mm. are going to look at it and be like, why? Why did, A, the Packers let him go, and B, why couldn't they utilize him like this? So there's my prediction, Packer fans. We'll see. We'll see, man. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think it's – I tell you what, it'll be more – it's it, – It's. I'm not excited right now as a Broncos fan. I'll just say that, you know, uh, it's probably exciting times right now. It, well, it is exciting times right now for Packers fans. I think Rodgers is playing some really good football. Um by the way, well, I don't think, I know, I know, so we is. need to revisit that MVP discussion that you and Patty Swags had because I completely disagree with it at the time, and I disagree with it now. Right, right, right. It was uh, not Russell Wilson you know, running away with it at the time. Uh, I I thought so. It, I thought so. And, and everybody, it was, everybody was, it was like Kyler Murray is carrying <laughs> that team. Kyler. Kyler is balling like, right now. I was Kyler's like, balling right now. Like, yeah, Rodgers had one really bad game, but he's right there. Like, I, I would put, um, you know, Tom Brady, who, yeah, he's got a hell, heck of a supporting cast, right? Like, that supporting cast is the best in football. You, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I don't, I don't put Tom Brady in there. You, if they end Brady up with. Home field advantage, which they still very well could. Uh, he's got to be in the discussion. I mean, the Super Bowl is it going to be the Super Bowl's in Tampa, know. ain't it? I think it is. I think the Super Bowl is in Tampa. Mons, uh, we've been over this. I'm a Wisconsin sports fan. I don't look that far ahead. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it is in Tampa. So that would be one heck of a Cinderella story for Brady. But I don't. I don't. Okay, we'll put Brady in the discussion just because it's Tom Brady, and and and, he, and he's playing some freaking darn good football. But just like you said, his supporting cast is top notch, possibly, you know, arguably number one. Um, but Kyler, Kyler, you know, obviously when we had the conversation about Russell, Russell was playing lights out, and he still is, even though they they they've lost a few games. But Kyler, man, if we talk about most valuable, uh, players, Russell Wilson's past three games have not been lights out. No, no, I said I. Uh, that's what I said. I said he's been playing. I said he's been playing lights out football. I said, but they've lost a few. That's what yeah, I'm but mentioning. they it's didn't. The they last, won last couple of games. The last game, and he didn't play lights out. That's what I'm saying. So was that one game out of the other? No, five? no, no, no. Like I'm saying, like he's been more pedestrian. That's all. It's okay to just, be just out of the last more game? than it's been like the past four games. He's been pedestrian. What? Who? Where where are you reading this? Where are you reading these facts? Do you know how he played the, uh, three games ago? He played perfectly fine. He played lights out football three games ago. I got him on my fantasy team. Oh, I I do too. He's uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not disparaging his season because his season's been good. 
So, okay. He did have a pretty 20, cool performance. 28 for 41, 390 yards, two touchdowns and two picks. He took five That's... sacks. <laughs> well, I mean, a and then, quarterback. And then against I'm, Arizona I'm, five I'm... weeks ago, 33 for 50, 388 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. I know. I know. Hey, listen, I'm always I, Russell Wilson is obviously because I play with I'm biased. He's, he's a I'm very good quarterback. I, I don't want to take that away. Right? I like, like <laughs> I want people to understand. I like Russell. I, I think he's a very good person, right? Like uh you know, listening to you talk, like I always thought it was a little bit of a facade. He seemed a little fake to me. Um I don't appreciate uh, what he said after that NFC championship game. When he said, well, God was more of a Seahawks fan this time. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers' comeback was perfectly, <laughs> like, perfect when he said, I think God's got more things to worry about than football or bigger things to worry about. But that being said, like, dude is not the MVP right now. Kyler Murray is the MVP right now. And we can have this discussion in well, four weeks and it'll be somebody different. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, today I agree with you. I do agree and with Kyler you. Kyler did not play um, good either uh, last week, and they lost. Here's my question: How come Patrick Mahomes is not? I mean, um, he's he's in the discussion. Uh, yes, sure, he, but is, he is, but uh, he's he's already got the the Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Michael Jordan syndrome going on. Explain uh, when you've been so good for so long. People don't, or LeBron James, people don't include you in the MVP discussion anymore because it's just, or Mike Trout, okay. like it's just, yes, you are the MVP. They're just going to give it to somebody else. Right, right. Kind of like Giannis, probably the, the yeah, rest of the season. Yeah, or rest Giannis of has to be like over the top incredible to be considered. Same thing like right. with LeBron James. Like <clears throat> LeBron James had a case this year to be the MVP for sure. He did. Um, he did. So, yeah, that's it. Next year is going to be interesting for LeBron because he's going to be mad because he did not win. He didn't win the MVP. So, MVP. and he was right. He would be. I mean, vocally I mean, upset that he did not win the MVP. So, <laughs> true. I, this is crazy. I, I, I love his. I love his. Drive. I love his passion for, but it just seems like which probably why, which is why I'm not in the position that he's in. But it just seems like if I was at that level, I'd be like, okay, you know what I mean. I'd be a little upset about it, but at least they gave it to somebody else who has been playing some damn good basketball. Here's Patrick Mahomes' numbers. Why are we not talking about him, dude? He's playing ungodly. Twenty seven hundred passing yards. He is playing twenty five touchdowns, one interception. Let me say that again. 2,700 passing yards at, through nine weeks, 25 touchdowns, one interception. Dude, in nine weeks, dude. This dude has seven more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's Rogers, is, here's Rogers numbers. normal. 2,600 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, three interceptions. Like, okay. that's yeah. that's very no, that's comparable. Not and not, not nearly right. as good of skill position players, right? Because what sucks is for quarterbacks, too, in some of those times, some of those 
interceptions, just like just like uh, Mertz's first one. It's you know tipped ball, yeah, and it yep. you know, juggled by the receiver and, and and all that jazz, and it goes down as an interception for the quarterback. But then again, sometimes uh, the flip side of that argument is I don't feel bad for the quarterbacks because they do get the receiving, the yak, the yards after the catch. You know, goes to the quarterback Here, as well. Here's a dark horse. Um, so. Never mind. His numbers, no, I can't justify it. I was going to say a dark horse MVP <laughs> candidate. Let's say the Eagles turn it around, right? Let's say the Eagles end up nine five and one. Let's say they end up eight seven and one. And Carson Wentz goes off, but his numbers right now are twenty one hundred yards passing, twelve touchdowns, twelve picks. Oof. What was that again? Twenty-one hundred yards passing, twelve touchdowns, twelve picks. Holy crap! So, but you look at what he's had, like his top two tight ends go on IR, his top two wide receivers, top three wide receivers have not been near the field at the same time. Um, You had a practice squad player who's now your number one receiver, Travis Fulgham, which is an amazing story. yeah, like uh You wanna know who my dark horse is? Taysom Hill. Nope. Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Nine games, six and three, twenty one hundred yards, sixteen touchdowns, two interceptions. He he's gotta have some pretty impressive numbers. Otherwise I'm just gonna give it to Mahomes by default. Well true, true. I just I'm going dark horse here, someone that there's really been innocence flying under the radar with the MVP talk, of course, as he should. You know, his, his, his numbers aren't, you know, as outstanding. But, you know, he's sets a 6-3, six 6-3 and, three, six and three freaking Raiders team now. And we're talking the Raiders. So, and he and he's only thrown two picks. He's thrown 16 touchdowns and 2,100 yards. So, I mean, strong dark horse right there. That's what I'm saying. Yep. <clears throat> Strong dark horse. Well, all right, man. Well, let's 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 get to our picks here, and I'll let you let you. Uh, you want me to lead? Let you. Oh. All right, yeah, absolutely. So we did. Uh, we would always do team first, right? So we do team, or would we do sleeper? We would do our sleeper. I can't remember we how we went. Sleeper, but, yeah, our team to beat expectations, and then we go our duo. I believe. I think that's how okay. we went. Well, it's easy. Yep. Well, it's easy for me. I'm picking. I'm picking Broncos for sleeper. I really am. No, now, actually, we're doing sleeper player. And ah, then we do, and then we do our team, team to be above the expectations, right? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so this I like week, it. I mean, it doesn't matter which order we go in. So this week for player, man, I'm going Joe Burrow. Bring it home. Who, who, who do the Bengals got? Who do they, they got? got? The Washington football team. Okay. I think I think Burrow's going right. to throw for 500 yards. Not 500. I meant 400. But I said 500. 400 yards. I don't think he's going to throw a pick. And I think he's going to have three touchdowns. And a win. Okay. And a win. All right. All right. So we got that. We got that. All right, Burrow. I'm going to go with... I'm gonna go with uh, good old Mike Gallup, receiver. Of that's course, a good Cowboys. call, and that's a deep cut. Yep, I'm going Gallup. 
Gallup against Minnesota. <clears throat> Cowboys against the, Minnesota. The, the Vikings yeah, go defense ahead. has been playing really good though, uh, like the past four weeks. Because you know yeah. they've actually yeah they've won a few games that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, behind I'm go Gallup, behind bro. Dalvin Cook. I mean that dude I think is a he's gonna beast. True. That is some of the best running I've seen in a very long time. I'll just say that since Adrian Peterson was that. a Viking. Yeah. Yep, I'll give it to you on that. And I, and I usually don't say that. I, I I really obviously from playing running back, I dissect the running backs pretty pretty heavily. And when I when I when I watch Dalvin Cook run, that's he has talent that I wish I had. It, that's that's he's deserves kind of like Jalen Berger is getting. better than you are in your own dreams. <laughs> Who would type that he's on Facebook? My goodness. He's, <laughs> He's better than I am uh, my freshman year. Listen, to my freshman no, year, but... like the fact that people took that serious, like, come on. <laughs> Did you read my other questions? Like, they were all outrageous. It's good. Keep them outrageous. So, okay, I got Gallup. What's, what's the next question? All right, so now we're going with the team to play better than expectations or play above their expectations, right? Mm. Here, I'm mm. going to start. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Who do they got? The Saints. And I'm I'm going to I'm going to take yeah, that's a solid win, pick like straight up. That's a solid pick cuz they got they got Taysom Hill starting, right? Quarterback yeah. for the uh, Yeah, Stamps. and so I, uh, solid pick. Lattimore, their best corner yeah. is out too. Mhm. So that might be a and it's a it's a, a rivalry game. Pick. Like that's that's the main reason right. that I picked it. Like the Falcons are three and six, and this is a rivalry game. So, so. exactly, records yep. go out the window when it's yep. a rivalry game. So I like it. Okay, so I'm gonna go with uh, here's 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 I'm going I'm I'm coming off the wall on this one, Jacksonville against the undefeated Steelers. The way that they played last week. I could see it. Like they played with some fire. Like, dude, they were fired up. They were having fun. Any team that because that's I love how you just said that because having fun when you're playing an undefeated team and you're not expected to win, you have nothing. That was to prove. yeah. That's what they did last week too, right? They were playing the yep. six and two Packers at the six and two. You Packers. have nothing to lose. Yep, <laughs> you have nothing to lose. The Jacksonville has nothing to lose today. This the the Steelers have everything to lose today, in a sense. Not you know not everything, but you know what I mean. Jacksonville, go out there and just play some football, fly around, hit people, and who knows? You may look up at the scoreboard and be leading. So I'm going Jacksonville. All right. So for duo, I, for my sleeper, I chose Joe Burrow. Right. <laughs> Right. For my duo, I'm going to go on the opposite side of the field, and I'm going to pick Alex Smith and Terry McLaurin. It's going to be a shootout. Alex Smith. And... <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't think either defense is very good. I think the Bengals can they can chuck it. Right, like I think Burroughs had a very good year, um, especially considering there was no off season for him to really practice. Uh, they T Higgins has ended up being 
everything that you they thought he would be when he was drafted. Um, and then I honestly think that Washington, if they would utilize McLaurin more, I think Antonio Gibson is for real. Uh, I think that they could it could be like a 35-24, 35-28 type game. I like that. I like that. Okay. Duo. Uh, duo. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Drew Lock, Philip Lindsay. Got to get the Broncos in here somehow, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna go. Drew Lock. I do always. Yep, Drew Lock. Actually, no. I don't. I, I want to go Drew Lock, but I don't want to go Lindsay. Let me go Drew Lock. Um, is Judy? I'm pretty sure Judy. Yeah, Judy's back. I'm going. I'm going Judy. Drew Lock should have gone Hamler. Watch Ham- Hamler's Hamler gonna is, go off. Hamler's and, a sleeper. Uh, I'm just gonna laugh because I told you to go Hamler. So, oh well, wait a second. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Ooh, ah, they might miss. So I don't know if they're gonna play. If Judy and Locke's gonna play today, if they were smart, they, they could. They could be. They could be missing us. Miss. Yeah, it could be missing Locke, Judy, and Fant today. So, all right. So I'm still gonna go Judy. And lock, but as a backup, as a backup, I want to go. Um, I'm going to go Carr and Jones, Derek Carr and Jones, solid backup plan right there. And Juan Jones, yeah. Do you mean Jacobs? Jacobs, Jesus Christ! Sorry, I'm sitting here typing. Sorry, Jacobs, I mean. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs and okay. Derek Carr. Absolutely. I'm thinking Jones. I'm thinking sh- I'm thinking the Packers running back. No. Uh Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr. I mean they balled out last time they played the Chiefs, so <laughs> So that's 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 that'll be my backup. But I want to go Judy and Locke, but if they don't play Jacobs and uh and Carr. Absolutely. I lied. You know, Jacobs is a He's a freaking solid running back. Yeah, he is. He's everything that they drafted, that's for sure. So, Yeah. Sweet, man. Well, this was a solid sports cast, so. Indeed it was. Well, let's uh, let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today, because at least if we fail, we were trying. And uh, where can they find you, Monts? You guys can find me on Twitter at MonteBall28, on Instagram, MonteBall, and uh, obviously our untapped Keg pages on social media. Send us messages, topics, anything. Uh, we most definitely answer them here. Where they can uh, they find you? Find me at it's Trickster on Twitter. I T Z. The I is a one in Trickster. Um, yeah, please like us. You know, rate us. Uh, give us five star review on all podcast platforms and uh, share us with your friends. So we will. Uh, everybody have a good week. So hopefully today can be a good distraction from the world. Uh, and everybody stay safe, stay healthy. All right. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.